Today on the Free Thinking Podcast, we speak with Susanna Bishop, Chief Experience Officer for Federation Square in Melbourne. We hear about the public being the true owners of the space, how the community rose up against the giants that compromised the spirit of the square, and how a more experimental approach is forging a more energetic cultural dialogue between place and people. Hello, Susanna. Well, very good. Well, Susanna, thank you very much for joining me this morning, live from Melbourne. It's lovely to have you here. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So, thank you. Oh, well, it's, it's lovely to have you here. And, and I think there's, I mean, we, we met a few months ago and had such a wonderful conversation that I wished I'd recorded. So now I have, all I've done is really written down some notes from what we talked about before. And so can you help us then? Give us a bit of context for Federation Square. And I think particularly, I really like this phrase that you said about if it's important to people, it's important to the square. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to, to be doing this with you. And thank you so much for having me. Um, Fed Square is a civic and cultural destination. Um, it's situated in, in the heart of Melbourne CBD. It's by the river, the Yarra River. Um, it was built in, in um, 2000, it opened in 2000. We were in fact celebrating, sorry, 2002. Um, it was building during 2000 and then in 2026 of October 2002, it was opened. And um, uh, as, as one of really the first um, civic and, and cultural um, destination that people could come and express themselves. So it's relatively new, even though during during its um, journey it's been um, heritage listed. Um, it was a very controversial build at the time and many people liked and many people disliked and they had a lot to say. But what happened over this the past 20 years is um, people loved and embraced and have a sense of ownership of what, what Fed Square is today. And they, they have a lot to say about what Fed Square should and should not be, which is a wonderful way of really owning and embracing a, a public uh, precinct. And we, we, we take that on board. We love that people um, you know, embrace what Fed Square is. So we try to look at what we do as a way to reflect what people want and what's important to them. So uh, Fed Square is a place of self-expression. It's a place that people will come commiserate or they will come and celebrate whether it is um, uh, their favorite sports whether it is you know a tragedy that really moved people they'll come and meet a fed square or they have something to say you know you you'll have people coming and I think that's um that's become the, the, the spirit of fed square is this this place of, of the people and, and what's important to the people yeah I mean yeah I, I really I mean, in all the times I've been there, I've always been struck by the extraordinary wealth of different characters there. I, I sat there once, I, I had terrible jet lag, and I was speaking to a, um, a a cleaner there called Sophie, 
who was she'd come from Auckland. She was she it was her favorite. She loved the job more than anything because she was saying that you know as the day goes on, you know she spends the more you know, early morning. There's people who are revelers from the night before who have lost their shoes or lost their trousers, and then she was going on to then speak about the children who will be coming to the different galleries and museums, and then the people who were there to eat or there to celebrate or there maybe there's a performance or a demonstration, and she said every day is this incredibly rich story. And so I think that that is, is, is a wonderful thing. But I also note, you, you spoke to me about, there is a glow of controversy around the square. And you talked about how it's important to better own this backstory so that you can better springboard from it, particularly from now. Tell us about that. What, 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 what's that all about? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, being built um, in in the early two thousands, it's a it's a modern um, architecture, and it it didn't please everyone at the time. It's um, the, you know, we have cobblestones, we have irregular um, uh, design, and so we thought, let's own this. Let's we are not a square, uh, even though we we um, call ourselves Fed Square, but we actually irregular. We are irregular in our design, um, our location. Um, uh, everything collides. So we then um, started the, this, this brand repositioning of being anything but square. We really owned that and of offering a kaleidoscope of experiences. We are a place of art. We are a place of community expression. We are a place of discord creativity, innovation. So let's be that. Let's let's embrace this irregularity that exists in our design and architecture, but also in our offering. Because throughout the day, as you said, we will have you know, a food and beverage festival, a fashion festival the other day, will become a sporting live site. You know, the, you guys are just finishing Wimbledon. We become a tennis live site when, when the Australian Open is on. Um, we, we even went to the extent, we've got a beautiful digital facade. We went to the extent of creating a barometer. So the digital facade is a bit of a barometer of Melbourne where we'll have a dashboard that reflects data about what What's happening in the city, such as weather, main news, how many cups of coffee people are consuming, um, liters of water. Um, so, so we want to reflect a little bit of, of what's happening, and um, so that we keep we continuously connecting to the audience that that loves us and and come regularly to use the square. And I think that I mean that that's critical, isn't it, in terms of that obviously that connection to the audience. But I, th- I, know, I also note that in terms of that discord of the past, and not to dwell on it, but I mean, it was absolutely clear when, you know, I, I remember Fed Square struggling for money, Apple Store being spoken of, and there was, you know, there was great discord there because people were saying, well, essentially this is, this is a pu- public space uh, wanting to be funded by private means, surely there's a better way we can make this work. And I mean, that's been a real wake-up call, I imagine, for people to understand what this place is for and I guess to need to better help it forward. Uh, are you seeing that now, that because of that, you know, the, the spat that happened there, that people are better owning it as a as a civic place rather than this hybrid? 
Yeah, I think the time of the Apple Store, it really, it took, it, the, the passion for the square and that sense of ownership came out. Um, and certainly all of the uh, discord of the past about the architecture or, it, 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 you know, it didn't matter. It, it was our square at the time and that's what we want for our square. And I think that's um, that's actually re- represents the, the importance of a public space and, and a place where people can belong to and can connect and can use for self-expression and you know it's challenging for um any destination and any precinct to that 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 does have a civic and and, and commercial nature or has to balance a civic and, con- and commercial nature to um you know to please everyone but i think um you know, Fed Square always had to balance those needs. You know, we need to generate enough revenue to be able to reinvest it back in community. And I think what, what happened after uh, Apple was that people became really um, supportive of of, of um, or finding ways to to help Fed Square thrive. You know, you don't need to put an Apple store. Let's find other ways to to support the square, be the best it can be for the people that need it and, and want to use it. Um, and the government did a, a review of Fed Square at that time, and some exciting things came out of it. So it was fantastic to be able to stop and review and see. Okay, we have a civic nature. We need to um, be able to offer things. Of benefit to the community, and that that review, you know, changed the way, you know, enable us to get some funding from the government, which was very supportive, enabled us to to increase the the level of activity, the vibrancy of the square, which you know, if it wasn't for COVID, we would have done much more and much earlier. But now, you know, we've 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 been having a lot of support to really activate post COVID support the businesses, the the food and beverage within within the square. So it's it's I think that was a moment in time that that was really important for for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds critical, doesn't it, in terms of how we you know people could see then what they were going to lose and then better understood well what they needed to protect and i think i think particularly i note your body language is all you know is 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 moving hands out stepping forward <laughs> body language and i i mean your your background you have a major events background so that idea i suppose that rather than fetishizing what happens behind the red line of how you rent and sell spaces you're also you know you're fascinated by this sort of activation first approach aren't you and particularly given you have the square and then there's the new melbourne metro coming there soon i guess i'm interested in this sort of activation first strategy that you speak of tell us a bit about that and also i know that one of your kickoff projects was that delicious sensory underground project which again is most surprising as a starting point so tell us a bit about that the strategy in that first project so when I started in 2018, Fed Square was right at that crucial time of balancing the needs of commercial um, and civic values and really struggling to access investment to create, you know, always on activity, have that vibrancy. And I think over the, the, the three to four uh, years of the past, we as a team, we really focused on, you know, access to to generating value proposition because without that value proposition and positioning it's it's really hard to to 
to create meaningful partnerships. So food and beverage, as you can imagine, is always an area of importance for people. You can do as many researches as as, as you want and you see the food and beverage is, is right at the top. And um, we we needed to create, you know, we, you always have to continue to enhance the, the value of, of food and beverage because it is an area that shifts and moves a lot. So we, we particularly, we, we were trying to launch the Anything But Square brand and, and we felt that we needed to be quite authentic in, in the activities that we brought um, alive. And we we have very unique uh, places in Fed Square because of the way that we were built. We were built on top of a train station. So our underground areas are fascinating. We, you know, it was a, a really intriguing um, corners and nooks in Fed Square. So we started exploring what we could do. And we found an underground location that has an access to a, a train station, um, a, a nearby train station. And you, you go to a platform, a train platform, and open this door and you into this room under Fed Square. So I thought, okay, this is a great opportunity to launch this position of being anything but square, creating curiosity. Let's partner with a really fantastic food um, and beverage provider. We found the right restaurant at the time. We went to some of our cultural institutions um, and we, we gathered some really amazing content to be able to uh, project onto the walls and we created a um, the Saint Underground which was this really quirky and unique experience that you had to find your way through the train station to access this underground location in Fed Square and it was incredible we we um we ended up selling out all the tickets. It was a six weeks project. We were sold out. We had incredible PR ROI. We had sponsorship. It you know ended up being a break even for us, but um, it generated you know exactly what we needed at the time, which was attention. Um, you know we we are look we anything but square. There's there's some fantastic um, vibrant um, nightlife and food happening in Fed Square, and that kicked off a whole bunch of really exciting projects and activities and 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 that that journey of authentically being anything but square mm. yeah. i mean did did you find that the that activation that's the strategy i mean you you needed to land that with your board and partners first or was this something where you sort of it was a little bit gorilla and then that warmed people up to the strategy that followed. I mean, what was the order of? Yeah, no, things? I had to, I had to sell that to my CEO at the time, and you know, in as as long as I didn't lose any money and uh, um and and potentially made some money, it would be okay. So the pressure was on, but we had such a dedicated team of people, and um, it was the first time I think the the company came together because to to make an underground area accessible we had to work with our facilities team we had to work with security team we had to work with cleaning so it wasn't just the marketers and the event programmers it was it was really a whole of company approach and at the end, the team, certain teams in facilities said, we feel so proud to be part of this. We feel like we we were part of an experience. And normally, you know, it's the marketing team showing all the, the fantastic activities. So it brought us together as a team and and, and really um, showed that you, you've got enablers in, in your company that are as much part of the success as everyone else in the front line. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds critical, doesn't it? It's sort of involving 
everyone in that experimentation, which I mean, imagine is yeah, you, you know, it's clearly hard to often get started because by nature, big organisations like yours, you know, they have their guidelines and their principles and their governance structure, and these often mean that places get managed to death rather than managed yes. to life. I mean, tell me uh, in terms of a bit more on sort of experimentation, that seems to be a critical part of of what you're doing moving forward. I mean, how does, does do you better sort of bake that into the organization and one's the need to experiment? Because I suppose if we're co- constantly going to find new audiences, then we need to always be doing that. But that's a restless business, isn't it? It is absolutely a restless business. And it's about, you know, understanding how much risk you're prepared to take. Um, we, um, I do have a design thinking back, background, human-centred design, and I do as much as possible bring um, that approach and methodology um, into everything that we do. Um, most recently, you know, we, we're preparing now for the anniversary celebrations in October, and um, we're looking at what, uh, who, where are the audiences we're not tapping, uh, how could we... So an example of that, we're working with this gallery in um, Melbourne that is a physical and um, um, and um, third web gallery. So they they have physical work and NFTs, and we're doing a project where we'll we'll collaborate with them and, and create some NFTs for Fed Square celebratory anniversary. And the utility of some of those NFTs is some revenue that comes out of the print that will follow. There'll be a limited print for each NFTs. And, you know, it's a controlled environment, you know, it's not something that we're wasting money, but it's, but it's accessing this really exciting audience that exists and it's thriving in, in this third web or in this metaverse and, and, and bringing them closer to what we're doing in, in celebration of our, of our civic space. So that's just another example. We also, you know, working um, with Peter Tulling from Remix to create an experience lab where we'll um, we'll have a grant, we'll identify some some new groups um, of creatives and 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 um, put a put a briefing out there and then see what comes back and and if there's a brilliant idea, we we might be in a position that we can fund it. So you know, you you uh, you have to have a little bit of discovery because you you have to be in touch with people and what people want and and the celebration of talent that comes from everywhere in the community yeah i I I think i I mean that balance you speak of and the idea that there are things that are established things that are new you're reaching out to wider audiences and i mean i i i note that so much of what you're speaking about here and, and particularly when we walked around is that care for this journey of all these elements and already your architecture you know it's so curious the way everything's set up it encourages you to explore but but i also note that you're also beginning to think about your over the river relationship with the melbourne arts precinct and so i'm interested in how you might this ooh narrative journey that you're establishing within fed square begins to reach over the river and encourage participation across all of these touch points. Can you tell us a bit more about where you're going with that? Yeah, sure. So Fed Square has just um, been um, uh, taken into a new body, a new government organisation called Melbourne Arts Precinct um, Corporation. Listen, it's a new space, it's an evolving space, but it's a, an amazing opportunity and recognition of a government that sees value in culture and art and, and uh, you know, creating a cohesive approach 
So uh, MAPCO, as we call Melbourne Arts Precinct Corporation, um, is an evolving space. You, you'll probably hear a lot more um, about it in the coming months. But for now, they, you know, they, they are responsible for delivering three elements of, of, of the business simultaneously, which is one is $1.7 billion, um, to create the new um, National Gallery, the Contemporary National Gallery of Victoria, the second element is, is the running of Fed Square and, you know, the third element is, you know, creating a precinct. And I think that's brilliant. I think it's a... Uh, it's a it's well um, well thought of from an artist's point of view, from a visitor point of view. It's a fantastic initiative from the Victorian state government, and no doubt it will be transformational. But you know, a lot more to come in the space. It's still early days. Yeah, well, I, I think I mean it's it's amazing to hear that the scale of that, and I think I mean I know when when I think of Melbourne, I, I think of Melbourne as you know maybe the the events capital of the world. You know when I particularly imagine things like the open tennis, you know moving from the stadiums into the parks and things that are not pay to play. You know people who you know just by your your participation you can you know feel the energy and take part in the spirit of that place and i guess you know it's talking about a precinct i mean that's it, it it's also the spirit of that isn't it that it's not because phys- physically you know you have bridges separating you from the south bank or where the most of the melbourne arts precinct today is and so how do you think that that life will begin to spill across the bridge how can we get the bridge maybe another and 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 those that pedestrian walkways to start better playing their part i wonder well one of the exciting projects that we're doing right now and you know i think it starts telling the story is an art trail so we're working with cause um, from the uk and we're creating a um uh, an augmented reality tour that will bring some of beautiful artworks, not only artists, not only international, but local artists that will come alive um, throughout the precinct, inside certain cultural institutions, outside in, 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 in outdoor areas. Um, and we'll kind of, you know, the inside out of, of um, experiences in an augmented reality form that will, will create a way for places to connect um, and, tell, and tell a story of cult and art and culture. And I think it's brilliant. We're really excited about that. We had a lot of support and we'll be launching May in August. Yeah, very good. And I, I think your yeah, I mean, it's there within so much of what you're doing at the moment, isn't it? That whether it's, you know, you, you, your mixed activity approach or whether it's food and beverage or leisure or entertainment or arts or culture or what happens physically or digitally, you know, all of these touch points are being are being cared for. And I think I'm, I'm interested in that as a, you know, activation led cultural strategy that strikes me as it's it's very outdoors and it's very much about drawing people in, but it's it's seeking to attract people more on their own terms. And so I suppose my question there is is what I mean, what might other city centres learn from this kind of activation led strategy? I mean, there must be things about from the governance structure all the way down to the live program that sound extraordinarily complicated. Uh, how might you help us navigate that? 
I think I think it's about really knowing your audience and when you, you when you know what the people that use is what you've got um uh, want and the the benefits that you give to them you've got data to demonstrate why going in a certain direction is really important and really not knowing your value proposition you know don't pretend to be what you're not um be authentic and you know if you if you're riverfront if you're waterfront you have a different proposition than if you are enclosed um, uh, area, and so you know, know know what your value proposition is, what you what you can offer, what is under your control to do, and and build an authentic narrative about what you stand off uh, stand for in your offer. Um, and I think over the past three years, we built a narrative of being a little bit different, a little bit quirky, because from the beginning we were a little bit different and a little bit quirky in architecture and design, and and that's what people love about us so you know that we, we decided to embrace it but that's also not to say that we don't always evolve you know some of our recent research also said that people um, love to come to fed square um, to meet others they also love to come to fed square sometimes for respite and, and to relax so you know I, I, we have to as you said it has to be a mix i can't you know the, the always on also means having some um dedicated areas to come and listen to beautiful sounds as you look at beautiful multimedia as you you know have a place for respite so that's also part of being always on and understanding what your audience wants out of you and then being able to authentically offer that back um, and I think you know our offer will always continue to evolve and there will be times where we'll need to stop and reassess and you know and and then that mix of offering may change wow that that was a br- brilliant i'm just madly writing it down there, there were there's so many elements there and i think and particularly I, I note that when you spoke about it you know you're moving your hands down from top to bottom and i suppose you know if oh, i was to... i do that a lot i like that though because it it, it speaks of this sort of this pyramid of, of you know filled you know, it's really good. It's it, it's 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 a shame this is so audio. So it's like you know, at the very top you were speaking of, I think there's this shared purpose, isn't it? So there's your value proposition, and then what the audience uh, are interested in, and 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 the and the opportunity of I suppose data there, and then which is keeping you honest. And then that authentic narrative that then is driven by the relationship between those two parties. And then I really like what you spoke about in terms of the capabilities that follow, that whether it's facilities management or curation or direction or leasing, that there is this culture of of recognition and care and dialogue but also there's a little bit of cheek there too the experimentation speaks of keeping them people on their toes and then there can be an array of projects and experiences that come out of that but it's your pyramid is very very clear that makes perfect sense. I love the way you summarize that that's terrific thank you yes yeah it is a journey it is um and you know we're very very lucky to be um, to, to have this honour to be able to do so much for the community. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Now, one very quick question. So in five years' time, if I think about where Fed Square is going to be, where you want it to be, but also noting the relationship with the arts precincts, the new metro station will be open, maybe Flinders Street Station, interesting things will be happening there. I mean, what what do you see? And ideally, what would you want people to be thinking and doing and feeling 
around Fed Square in five years' time? Where do you want to be? Well, you know, I can, I can only speak personally about that, but I think that a place of relevance and a place of celebration, um, you know, a place where whether you are um, a Melbourneian or you live in Australia or you're coming from overseas, you feel a warmth and a, and a purpose and, and you, you know, you, you spend an enjoyable amount of time in exploration and discovery and then you leave that place wanting more or wanting others to experience what you have. Um, and I think that's just a, a lovely um, way of thinking about, um, you know, the, the, this, this wonderful precinct that we have. Yeah, I love that walk. Susanna, thank you so much. I think this place of relevance really came to life. And so it's been a joy to speak to you. And I'll put in lots of links to some of your future and past projects, notably Sensory Underground, which I think is a a cracker. And uh, thank you so much. No, it's been absolutely uh, lovely to chat with you. Um, all those memories of all those different things come come to life as we talk about it, and it's just it's just been a wonderful journey. And um, yeah, thank you for letting me share that journey with you. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank Very you. Kind. Thank you for listening to the Free Thinking Podcast today. Do subscribe so you know when the next episodes are and do leave us a comment so we can get better and better. Thank you and see you soon.